1: welcome back to Red leg Nation radio I'm one of your hosts Chad Dotson joining me as uh, one of your other uh, regular hosts here of Redleg Nation radio and uh, and my favorite personally my favorite host welcome back Bill Lack
0: good evening oh good wow that
1: was a, that was a great uh, a, a great introduction uh, back to the podcast it's been a couple weeks since you've been here I've missed talking I've been
0: with been, you I've been busy vacationing man
1: you did you vacated a little bit down to uh, down to Florida. And, uh, and so I didn't get a talk to you the last time I was hoping to get a talk to you. Actually, last week I, you were vacationing, and, and Joel uh, Luckup was uh, working uh, at, the, uh, at the Reds game, and so I had to do a, a, a podcast all of my own, which is I'm sure was, I haven't checked the numbers, I'm sure is the least listened to podcast in the history of Red Lake Nation Radio. So I'm glad to well, have I, you back.
0: I, I was busy last week setting up my next career.
1: Your next career, which is?
0: I am I am placing myself in nomination to be the next U.S. ambassador to the Conch Republic.
1: To the Conch Republic? Why well, that's a good idea. Um, and, and who better than me? Well, you're actually the perfect uh, the, the perfect candidate for that. So I'll sign that legislation as soon as it crosses my desk. There you go. All right. Well, um, I suppose.
0: And, it, and I've even got the uh, the embassy picked out because Kenny Chesney is selling his six million dollar home in Key West. That's, and it, it would make a fabulous embassy.
1: That's right in your price range, too.
0: I, I, well, the government will pay for it. You know, They pay for everything else.
1: Oh, well, they've, they've got all the money, right?
0: <laughs> so Well, they don't have any money, but they don't have any problems spending
1: it. Doesn't matter. They keep spending it, right.
0: But, but, but I digress.
1: Yes, and I better watch what I say before we get too far down that rabbit hole. Um, let, well, let's, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Of course, this is the World Cup edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. You've been watching the soccer, Bill?
0: You know... I played soccer on my ship's soccer team when I was in the Navy. I played overseas. In fact, I even played on television in Sicily. Wow. I didn't yeah, realize we you were a- We used to get our butts kicked regularly. Um, soccer is the most boring thing to watch in the universe. I I, I would rather sit in my family room and watch paint dry.
1: Bill, Bill, Bill. That bill. being
0: said, I did. I will watch the Americans play. In it. I watched American curling in the Olympics. I mean... I, if it's an American team, I'll watch because I'm a patriotic guy.
1: Well, now I'll give you that. Okay, uh, you dug yourself out of the hole a little bit, but
0: but that game the other day when they beat Ghana was boring.
1: Oh my goodness, that game was fantastic. I was sweating by the end of it. I was, it was nervous. It,
0: it's for a goal in the first minute and a goal in the last minute and 89 minutes in the middle. There's nothing happened.
1: Oh, you're crazy. What was happening was that Ghana was attacking the goal. It was tense. Uh, Ghana kept coming and coming and coming and the us was trying to hold them off and, and Tim Howard is doing a great job in goal and I was sitting on the couch with my son watching this game we were up and down and just uh
0: and the Americans is the worst passing team I've ever seen
1: well now they were they were not good uh, the other day Michael Bradley in the center of the field is usually a, a precision passer and that's as bad as I've ever seen him play but uh, they'll be better on Sunday against Portugal
0: yeah we'll see.
1: <laughs> we won't talk too much about soccer but let me just note for the record that i could not disagree more with your characterization of soccer as the most boring uh, thing on the planet
0: and you know on, on that vein i remember the last time we talked we were talking about who was going to come out of the starting rotation when matt latos came
1: back i knew you were going to bring this up and, and I, so, go and ahead you know,
0: i would think you would get tired of being wrong
1: <laughs> boy i was wrong on that one um <laughs> hey that sounds like a good place to start i guess might as well uh, since, since Actually, we're not here to talk about soccer, although I could go on talking about soccer for a full hour here.
0: Uh, yeah, but people get tired of listening to me snore.
1: Well, I, I think our audience probably would get to, They're here to listen to us.
0: I, I don't know why they're here, actually. I, I want that's that, always a good question.
1: Right, but I believe it's to listen to us ramble on about the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and that's a good place to start. You're right. The last time you and I talked, I thought you were out of your mind. I thought there was absolutely no way in the world the Reds would ever move uh, Tony Cingrani out of the rotation once Matt Latos got back, and I'm here to say it. I'll be a man. Uh, I'll man up here at the, right at the right at the top of the hour. You were right, Bill.
0: I never get tired of hearing that. <laughs> Can you and, write that down and send it to my wife,
1: please? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, even even if I even if I did, she wouldn't believe it. Uh, no, she wouldn't. I know how that is. I'm never right in my household either. But
0: I mean, and and I, I think it'd be hard. It's hard to argue with the Reds' decision as to who to pull out of the rotation. I think you can argue about the decision as to what the Reds did with Tony Cingrani once they pulled him out of the
1: rotation. Was that a storm at your house there, did I just hear thunder? Yes, you did. Wow, that was loud.
0: All right, it, I'm, I'm, we got severe thunderstorms here.
1: I'm a little nervous, but anyway, go ahead.
0: But you know. I, you can make the argument that, that you know, that Zingrani that should have been sent to Louisville to, to work on, you know, his other pitches and, and, you know, continue to progress as a starter. But with the shape this bullpen's in, I think if they feel like he can get people out, my concern is are we going to turn him into a role as Chapman? Well, uh, in, in terms of, you know, his, not in terms of stuff or anything like that, but in terms of getting locked into the bullpen.
1: Well, I'm not too concerned about that, but I I think that you've hit the nail on the head with the rest of that comment. Uh, Tony Singrani, I thought when we talked before, I thought it was just crazy because Singrani, you know, had had the great uh, year last year and and started off actually pretty good this year, although he certainly has struggled recently. But I I, I thought there's no way they're going to take this young guy who they expect to be in the middle of their rotation for the next five or six years and move him to the bullpen right now in favor of uh, Alfredo Simon, who should come crashing down to earth any moment now. Uh, and, and and then when it happened... Which we've been saying for two months. We, we keep waiting for it, true. Yeah. Uh, but, but when it happened and they made that decision, I mean, I, I thought it would be crazy for the rest to do that uh, when we talked before. But when they made the decision, you know, I, I didn't complain, let's say that. It, it, it made a little bit of sense. Uh, and I think that not sending Singrani to AAA was the right move. I, I like having him in the bullpen, given the well-noted, uh, well uh, well-covered Struggles of this bullpen. I liked having Grani out there. Uh, of course, that's the reason I, why I thought also it would be a good reason to have Simon kicked back that into the pen, because hey, you know he's pitched great this year. He can help us out of the bullpen, and, and when he, he inevitably comes back down to earth, um, well, I just I didn't see it happen. But you got to give him credit. He's nine and three with a two point nine five ERA, uh, and nobody nobody thought that he would. Uh, was going to be that type of a pitcher, and you know it's it's not a situation where he's really doing it with smoke and mirrors. His numbers are a little bit when you look at some of the. Uh, I'm going to pull them up here, but when you look at some of the advanced metrics, he's not quite that good. But he's been pretty good overall. I mean, uh, let me see if I can pull up here on Fangraphs uh, to look at uh, what uh, his I mean, production.
0: B A B I P is is 244.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know his ex his, his his fielding independent numbers are they've actually gone up since the last time I looked so they're not great so he is sort of pitching uh, yeah he is sort of pitching over his head a little bit but uh, you look at the the WAR numbers the wins above replacement numbers and he's only six on the Reds pitching staff which really surprised me on win in wins above replacement uh, Araldis Chapman in seventeen whole innings is third on the team in wins above replacement uh, for pitchers so. Um, so I, actually as I look at the numbers, I think I probably would have sent him, sent him to the, the bullpen, especially given the fact that, and this, this is entirely 2020 hindsight, but after the game last night, and of course we're recording this on Wednesday night when the Reds are playing right now, they were up, I think, three to nothing last I saw. Um, given the struggles of Sam Liqueur in that bullpen, and given Brian Price, and we're, I want to talk about the bullpen some here, but uh, given Brian Price's unwillingness to, clearly to use Singrani in uh, some of these uh, spots, and unwillingness to use Broxton or Chapman anytime before the eighth inning, I, I think he would have brought in Alfredo Simon last night with two runners on uh, and the game, uh, I guess five to four at that time, or five to five. That might have already no, it was five to four when they brought in when Price brought in Logan Andrusick, and Andrusick uh, permitted the game to be tied. Um, Sam LeCure had done most of the damage. I don't want to put it all on Logan Andrusek's shoulders, but the fact that Logan Andrusek is being pitched in a situation like that, when I am 100% positive that if Alfredo Simon had been available, he'd have been pitching in that spot. uh, I guess I I could have agreed either way the Reds went on this. I'm not uh, criticizing them for keeping Simon in the the rotation because he's been pretty good. But if they're not going to use Singrani, if Price is not going to use Singrani as anything other than just a long reliever, I think I'd rather have Simon. Now tell me how I'm wrong.
0: Well, I, I just think you know you're getting you're getting better starter innings out of Simon than you were getting out of Singrani. and he's keeping True. him in ball games, and he goes out there every five days, and if he's keeping them in ball games, I think it's a tough it's tough to argue with. Um, yeah, that's why I can't argue. I couldn't argue either way
1: with the decision. I think there's merit the to either the side of it
0: becomes, the Singrani move in front of Manny Parra as as the left the short left handed guy.
1: Price hasn't shown much willingness to do that so far.
0: but Singrani's I mean, well, only been used one time since they made this move, so yeah. And, but it was a two-inning stint, if I remember right.
1: It was, yeah. And uh, and Singrani does, if, if he's willing to use them, use him out there. Uh, he can provide some value to that bullpen as a left-hander. I don't know that he's ever going to, uh, if Price is going to trust him just yet to be to move ahead of Para. Not that Para has pitched particularly well this year. Um, Para is actually one whose numbers. Look a lot better when you look at the uh, fielding independent numbers than what his actual, his ERA, for example, 4.57. Um, so he's not pitching as bad as he necessarily looks. And and clearly Price ha- trusts him uh, based on last year. Poor was good for, mostly for last year. So it gives him a little bit of flexibility if he's willing to use Singrani as something more than just a long reliever. Uh, use him to pitch the 7th and the 8th sometime. I'd, I'd be all, all for that. But uh, but the problem I've got with the way that Price is managing this bullpen is that he'd said before the year he wasn't going to get uh, caught up in the roles and he was going to be open to using pitchers in different scenarios, and it's absolutely 100% not been the case.
0: He, that, that and the fact that, that he has a lot more, and, and, and he knows a lot more about pitching than you or I do, but he has a lot more confidence in Logan Andrusic than we do.
1: I don't get it. There's nothing that Andrusik has done at the major league level that really makes you th- think that you should have any confidence in the guy. He's just not been... Good ever. He's he's not. Uh, he's always always walked way too many guys this this year. He's walking almost four batters per nine inning, which is uh the highest on the Red Staff if you uh disc, if you don't count the uh, Curtis Parch and Sean Marshall brigade, brigade uh, and and the ever popular Trevor Bell. Yeah. Uh, but amongst the pitchers that have really been around all season long, it's by far the worst uh, walk rate on the team. And and that's not a new thing. That's who he is as a pitcher. I mean, he strikes out a few hitters. Uh,
0: That's he's
1: just in Brani's higher. Well, oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't go all the way that far down on the list. And uh, uh, oh gosh, I don't know what's going on with Hoover. So you're right. I didn't. I didn't look all the way that far down the list. But still, uh, the the fact remains: Andrew Sec has still got a pretty high walk rate. He's striking out a lot of hitters, and he always has done this. This is who he is. He allows. He allows a lot of hits. He allows a lot of walks. Uh, and he, he's got a good enough stuff that he can strike a guy out here and there. But, man, is that the guy you want with two on and, and, and uh, in the seventh inning of a tie ballgame or of a one-run ballgame like last night? And Price, who I will concede, I don't ever like saying anybody knows anything uh, more than I do because clearly I know more than everybody about every subject. Uh, Brian Price.
0: Well, that's, that's why you're a judge.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And if I say that in court, nobody will disagree with me. Uh, or, no or
0: they'll go to jail.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and, and all my jokes are funny for some reason. I imagine could. that. <laughs> but, but he does trust Andrew Sick in these high leverage situations, and I can't understand. I mean, can you think of any explanation other than he knows something that we don't? Uh,
0: uh, no, I, I have I have no explanation for it. It's, it's kind of like you know crop circles. <laughs>
1: It's exactly what it's like. The use of Logan Andrusek in high leverage situations—it's exactly like crop circles. Bill, you no know. one can explain <laughs> No one can explain it. Um, and and you know, I, I hammer Brian Price all the time about his use, his management of the bullpen. I think he's done a very poor job, frankly. But you can't hardly you can't hardly blame him for the fact that two guys he expected to be really good, Sam Lecure and J.J. Uh, Hoover have been pretty doggone bad. Liqueur recently, Liqueur started out, out well, but uh, recently... Yeah, that's what I was, I,
0: I was going to say. That up until the last, up until June, and really right. since June 4th. Yeah. I mean, last two weeks, Liqueur's been terrible. And not just
1: terrible, but, I mean, just, he can't get
0: anybody out.
1: and You, you got to wonder, is he injured?
0: Well, there's guys, you know, it drives me crazy when I read the comments on the on the site, where people are supposed, you know, he's, you know his arm's gone, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> yeah, they don't know diddly. You know, keep your opinion. I, I never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right.
0: It's an opinion site, but I mean, to, to suppose that some guy's got a bad arm just because he's getting beat up on. You know, that's to me that's just crazy.
1: Give your opinions, but you know, I mean, uh, there's nothing that's based on other than the fact that he's uh, just not been getting anybody out. You know. Uh, yeah, I, but I wonder. I wonder if he's injured because Lecure has been pretty effective his whole career, and now he's just horrifically bad
0: a couple of weeks i mean if it stretches into a month or or longer than that then i could agree with it but i mean we've seen we've seen chapman go you know two weeks and get beat up on we've seen every reliever you can name goes goes periods of time where they get beat up on let's not let's not jump off the cliff here you know and give up on sam liqueur
1: yeah no i'm not uh, suggesting they cut liqueur
0: no, no, I understand that, but you know, I'm not ready to 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 throw his career, you know, say he's got a bad arm or whatever, just because he's had a bad couple of weeks. If, if it stretches out and it keeps on going, then yeah, it's something that we've got to, you know, that has to be considered. But
1: look at last night, for example, and, and I, I hammered Price for bringing in on Drusick, and that we've talked about it now several times. Five to four game, two runners on, but a healthy. Let's well, not. I don't know that he's not healthy, so I don't want to go down that, but that road, but. A, a Liqueur that we've become accustomed to comes in at the beginning of that seventh inning, and, you know, uh, there's no issues. I don't have any problem with uh, Brian Price bringing in Sam Liqueur to start the start the uh, seventh inning. So uh, so that's a good decision to bring in Liqueur. For, in the guy,
0: if, if their bullpen is pitching the way you expect them to pitch, Liqueur is the guy you want in there in the seventh inning.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I would probably say Broxton and then Liqueur in the eighth if, if you go based upon what I expect out of these guys. So, But then the issue is just when Lacure doesn't have it, and he clearly didn't have it, was he too late in getting him out, number one, and and, and why do you go to probably your worst reliever, number two? Uh,
0: and, and you mentioned Broxton, and, and, and we've all beat up on Broxton over the over the contract and everything else, but we also have to say that he's throwing lights out this yeah, year.
1: He's been good. He's been really good, yeah. Uh, now, no, no complaints.
0: I, I, I have questions as to why he wasn't used last night, and I know what Price said in the press conference, and I'm, you know, We'll see if he... Uh, that's, whenever he's not used in a situation where I'm used to seeing him, I get concerned.
1: Yeah, given his injury history, certainly. Exactly. Um, yeah, Broxton should have been the guy that came in with, with two outs in the seventh inning instead of Andrew um. I mean, given given what we know about this Reds bullpen, Broxton is the guy that should have come in. And, listen, Broxton's been fantastic. And I'm starting to wonder, you know, Broxton struggled a little bit here and there over the last few years since he lost his fastball. I'm starting to wonder, and, again, he's only pitched 21 innings, 21 and two-thirds, so let's not draw any grand conclusions. But, you know, maybe he's learning how to pitch with the stuff that he has a little bit because he's certainly been very effective this year. He's not striking out the guys he used to. But, you know, he's not walking too many. Uh, he's not... Uh, no, he's been not, good.
0: He's not, not allowing runners to score.
1: He's not allowing inherited runners to score. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he's left on base. He's left a 93% of, uh, I believe 93% yeah. of inherited runners to, to, uh, have not scored. So yeah, that's what you want out of it. And the only guy I think in the bullpen that has a, a better, I believe Raldus is the only one. Yeah, uh, just, just, and he's only of, half
0: a point higher.
1: Yeah, it's, it's close. So, um, yeah, I, I, I I've been tough on Broxton too, but hey gosh, I got no complaints about him. Uh he just should have been pitching last night in that uh in that big situation. Yeah, bring him in, then let him pitch the let him pitch the eighth. Brian Price told us that he wasn't gonna have trouble letting guys go four outs or letting guys go two innings. And then after the game you mentioned his press conference and I just he he, he, I don't understand when he tries to justify what he did and kudos to Trent for actually asking him the question. Um he said that he didn't want to bring in Aural this early. He was saving him for the ninth. Well, it was in response to the question of why would you double switch out Jay Bruce. Yeah. First time first time I believe Jay Bruce has ever been removed for a defensive replacement, I guess, although it was a double switch.
0: And, and, and they, wanted a, they wanted to get a better bat
1: in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah Roger Bernardino, right. Um, I'd rather let Chapman bat and keep Bruce in the lineup. Yeah. Um, but he said he was, he was saving Chapman for the ninth and he wanted to do that double switch in case the game was tied and Chapman had to go two innings. Well, number one, if you're willing to go two innings with Chapman, bring him in in the seventh and let him go two, two and a third. And, and secondly, is he really managing when the Reds are up by a run? He's managing for that. He's planning on Drusek yeah, blowing, blowing the lead, on, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was really a strange answer to the question. I'm not sure it was very well thought through or, or maybe he just answered it and, uh, was just given an answer just to be answering and not really. I mean, you know, that's 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 what managers do. I don't expect them to tell me the truth all the time. But it's really odd the, the way he defended that decision. Uh, I, I think it's indefensible not to bring in Broxton in that situation.
0: Unless there's something. And, and again, I, I, right. I'm doing what I was saying. It drives me crazy before where people on the, on the blog are, are, are you know, supposing injuries. But when they don't use a guy in a spot where you're used to seeing him that has an injury history, you know, well, that's you know Sam Lecure doesn't have any any in history of injuries. Jonathan Broxton does, and and when we don't see him last night in a game where you, you, you would expect to have seen in a position where you would expect to have seen him, it makes me a little concerned. So hopefully hopefully we'll see him tonight in the eighth inning or well, just, hopefully we won't have to see him.
1: You know. Right, exactly, and, and it's not just injury stuff uh, for me. I think that you hit on something that I've really over the last ten years or so. Um, I've really started to try to do more, which is give these guys uh, in in management the benefit of the doubt in some circumstances because they've got more information than we do. there There really, truly may be something there that we don't know that causes it. because if if everybody's healthy, it makes no sense to bring in Brock snow rundries or if, or if there's some other reason, I don't know you know uh, what it is, but uh, they've and when we're evaluating trades, et cetera, we're evaluating why aren't you bringing some guy up from the miners? They've got more information than we do, so I, I try to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. But on its face, bringing in Andruskin in that situation instead of Broxen is just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's silly. So, well, and, and here's my next question: Why aren't they bringing up Jumbo Diaz from AAA? This guy—what's he going to do to come up to, to the? I mean, I, I know there's a 40-man roster issue, but as our buddy Chris Garber said, uh, if you know the 40-man roster issue is caused by Nick Christiani or Curtis Parch, uh, that's not an issue. Um, and I'm going to look it up here real quick while we're here. Jumbo Diaz, what his stats are right currently.
0: I looked yesterday, and they're pretty impressive. I mean, I think his ERA was like 1.6 or something like that. And Second straight year. He's pitched well, and he, I mean, he's 30 years old. And he, and he did, didn't he did offseason? He did exactly what they asked him to do. He lost a bunch of weight, came to spring training in shape, you know, was borderline making the ball club coming out of spring training. You do have to wonder what the guy has to do to get a, to get a chance. Um, well, depend- and, and Could he pitch, could he pitch any worse than than you know whoever you want to talk about, Andrews, Hoover,
1: whoever the last guy in the bullpen is, right?
0: Whoever the yeah on that day, whoever the last guy in the bullpen is.
1: Well, this year for Louisville, uh, he's thrown 29 games, 1.38 ERA, uh, you know, 32 and two thirds innings. Last year, 1.66 ERA for Louisville uh, in uh, in 44 games. I, I, I don't know what he has to do. I just don't know what he has to do to get a chance when they're throwing out guys like Parch. And, uh, and you know, Cristiani. you know, Cristiani's not awful um, when he was here, but not great. Um, and Parch, you know, Parch throws hard, I guess. But what? I know he's 30 years old. Would you want to spend a uh, roster spot on a 30-year-old rather than, and, and rather than one of these younger guys that might help you five years from now? But good grief, this guy can pitch. He can pitch right now. Give him a shot in the major leagues. He's earned it.
0: To to, to me, I mean, you got. And I'm looking at the 40 man roster right now. Uh, We do we we do
1: that about every month or two, and we always pick out four guys. That why are you hanging on to this guy if you need to make a 40 man roster move?
0: Trevor Bell is still on the 40 man roster.
1: Yeah, what are you losing if you expose him? Uh, You know, by removing from 40. The
0: next one that jumps out to me is Ryan Lamar. Yeah, he's he's never gonna he's never gonna help this ball club.
1: Well, not this year's, but... Uh,
0: well, he's never going to help them.
1: Eh, he's not He's not been what they hoped. I, I don't but want to give up on a guy that young, time,
0: but... By the time they're ready to bring him up, they're going to have some some other guys that we'll talk about a little later that are going to be ready, that are going to be better ball players than Ryan Lamar. So, I mean, I you expose him, and if somebody takes him, they take him. I mean, yep. but to me, the, the, the obvious one is Trevor Bell. I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and nothing against nothing against Bell. He is what he is. But uh, when you're talking about who can help this team this year, and, and maybe you know, maybe even next year, why not? I don't see the downside to calling up uh, Jumbo Diaz. You know, I know Trevor Bell's 27. He'll be 28 this year, so it's not like he's some big prospect. Why, why not Jumbo? We really need to start a, a free Jumbo Diaz.
0: Jumbo Diaz. It, yeah. it, worked, it worked for Ben Lively. There you go.
1: There you we go. Got ben,
0: we got Ben promoted.
1: That's right. Cannot wait to see Ben on the major league level. Um.
0: We'll, so, we'll talk a little bit more about Ben later.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do want to talk about uh, the draft as well and, and uh, what's coming up well, in the future. There were,
0: there, were, there were a wave of promotions today and yesterday that we'll talk about a little later.
1: Definitely. So, free Jumbo Diaz. That's our. That's, that's our, our new. That's our new Twitter feed. There you go. I'm going to uh, tweet that out tonight. So, uh, but anyway, the the bullpen has been not good. The starting pitching continues to be pretty good for the most part. Homer Bailey has absolutely come back uh, to be in the Homer Bailey we expected. Uh, and yeah, Leak,
0: Leak has struggled his last couple of times out, but he, he'll turn himself around like he always does. You know, he, Mike Leak is what Mike Leak is.
1: Yeah, I don't worry about Mike Leak. Uh, Matt Latos, let's talk about Matt Latos. Latos, of course, been injured all year, and I was scared to death on one of these uh, previous podcasts that we were looking at a, a Tommy John uh, situation. Well,
0: and, and, I, and I told the story that a, that a friend of mine that had, that it was at an event that he was at, you know, the Red Season ticket holders, and he said that. The, the, the latos was very careful didn't even let anybody bump his arm which scared the crap out of me
1: me too but he comes back and uh he six looked in- pretty
0: good the other night
1: yeah six in his pitch struck <laughs> out four didn't walk anybody uh looked really good looked really gave good up so. two hits i think gave up two hits and the bullpen blew it for him and uh yeah. well, welcome back to the reds uh the 2014 reds so so the starting rotation's in pretty good hands at this point, don't, don't worry about I'm
0: that. going Friday night, and I think we're seeing Latos. I think we got Latos Friday night against, it the Blue, against the Blue Jays.
1: No, then you're not going to see Matt Latos. You're going to see my guy, Edwin Encarnacion. Edwin
0: Encarnacion.
1: Oh, man, I think I'm the only Cincinnati Reds fan ever that liked Edwin Encarnacion, but I'm just reveling in his success because I love that guy, always did, and uh, really happy to see him having success. Uh, yep. Um, let's uh, shift over before we start talking about uh, – the minor league guys and the drafts, stuff like that. And let's talk about the uh, the offensive side of the ledger. And one guy that's started to impress everyone over the last few weeks is our guy, Billy Hamilton. Um tell you
0: what, Billy's having himself a heck of a June.
1: Billy Hamilton is, is wow, you know, uh in June, you, know, you talk about he's hitting three forty. Yep.
0: Um and he's getting on base at almost a four hundred clip. I mean three almost a three eighty clip, you know. And he's slugging 566 this
1: month. <laughs> oh, oh, he's a power hitter now.
0: Yeah, he's going to be like Willie May. Well, I've been saying he's Willie May Hayes, so he's like <laughs> if Willie May Hayes in Major League Two right now. <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, don't uh, don't don't remind everyone of Major League uh, Two. Um, that movie, but
0: the, the, the impressive thing about Billy so far is that every month his numbers have gotten better.
1: I, I noticed that. I noticed that when I was looking over his splits yesterday and that shows a guy that is you know joey Votto said he's a hard worker it shows a guy that's learning and of course he's been forced to learn at the major league level largely this year he's a guy that we've i think both of us thought would have benefited from another year at triple a but uh you know he's as you said 340 three forty, three almost 380 on base percentage and uh, billy hamilton at a 380 on base percentage is all-star level uh, production, frankly, because of what he does with his with his uh, he gets a,
0: if he if he could hold, I mean I'm not saying that he's going to hold his on base percentage ever at the 380 level, but if he does with this, and if he still has his speed at that time, he's going to be M, he's going to be an MVP territory.
1: Yeah, I agree. And his, his on base percentage for the year is 311, which is not good, but you know Billy Hamilton, yeah, it's 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 moving in the right direction, and and I've been saying all year uh, with his legs and what he can do when he gets on base. I can almost live with a with a three eleven on base percentage. Uh, you know, I don't want to almost. I mean, I don't want to say that I love it because that's exactly what Brandon Phillips' on base percentage is, and uh, I'm not I'm not particularly happy about that at Brandon Phillips because he didn't have Billy Hamilton's wheels. No. Um, but uh, the
0: other thing about Billy is, and and, and I think Steve, I, I don't really remember who wrote the article the other day on the blog talking about uh, what Billy's his war is. And, and how much of it was coming from the defensive side. And I was, I, to be honest, I was really kind of surprised by it because I haven't seen him do anything that really wowed me. I mean, he had, I mean he's had a couple diving catches, you know, that's fine. You know, but in a half the season, you know, you're going to have some diving catches. But I think with, 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 what happens with Billy in the outfield is he's so damn fast that he gets the balls that other guys wouldn't, and you, and you just get used to it. You know, you don't even think, oh, that ball should have been in the gap. But, no, this guy ran it down. So, so his defensive metrics, and, and, and I'm not a big believer in the defensive metrics yet. I still think there's a lot of holes in them. Uh, but, you know, his defensive metrics are, are, are way higher than what I think the eyeball test passes, it tells you.
1: Yeah, I think I think you've explained exactly why that probably is. It's just that athleticism. But you would think that we would notice it a little more after a year of watching Shinsu Chu struggle in, the, in center field. Um, and as much as we love Chu as a hitter, and I loved Shinsu Chu as a yep. hitter, uh, Billy Hamilton is, the value that he brings defensively is, uh, so much above what we got last year. It's just, it's almost incomprehensible. You look at the defensive metrics, and, and Hamilton has been the most valuable player for the Reds defensively this year, uh, edging out Zach Kozar. And those two guys are head and shoulders above everybody else, really, uh, on the team. So, However, he's doing it. Billy Hamilton is uh, among hitters, second on the team in wins above replacement. Some of that's because Devin Mesoraco and Joey Votto have been injured a uh, good portion of the year, but uh, the rest of it's because Billy Hamilton. You know, he's helping this team, and and I I wondered at times whether or not he would help this team, whether this would just be a learning year in which he would uh, struggle most of the year. It's not been the case. He's uh, he's not going to hit like he's hit in June the rest of the year. Gosh, if he did. Um, well, <laughs> I don't even want to have that dream because it's not going to happen. Uh, but you know, the guy is—he's learning. He's clearly learning. He's clearly performing better. And he was born one month before the Reds won their last World Championship, so uh, he's young and he's going to uh, hopefully continue to improve. I'm about to—I'm just about to climb aboard the Billy Hamilton bandwagon. Uh, I can't believe I'm actually saying that.
0: Refresh your summer with a special edition can only from Coors life.
1: You opened up uh, Baseball Reference again, didn't you?
0: Is that what it was? I could I closed everything up because I'm going.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So okay. Pop up ads, Ugh. kill me. Um, offensively as well, there's some other guys we probably need to talk about. What about Joey Votto coming back from uh, from injury? He's been uh, he's been pretty good, huh?
0: Well, they, yes, he has. Uh, the the thing is that they're they're getting healthy and, and you know you know and I didn't think it would make that big a difference I readily admit that um, hopefully they'll continue to hit the way they have since they've you know started getting healthy Jay's starting to hit a little bit better Joey's been pretty incredible since he's come back and uh, you know if they can if they can stay healthy you know and that's the key probably because there's no depth uh, maybe they can make a run here. You know, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but
1: uh, Well let's go ahead. let's why don't we go ahead and just dig into that right now. The Reds have won I think what, five of six at this point.
0: Going back to the, the Dodger series, yeah. I going back
1: so. Yeah, won the last two games of the Dodger series and uh, took uh, two or three from Milwaukee and they they won uh the first game have, of the
0: Pittsburgh and honestly could have won the third. They could have swept that.
1: Oh, team. absolutely. Won the uh won the first game of the
0: current pirate series.
1: The Pirate Series and what are they doing tonight, Bill?
0: I don't know. I'm I don't ha- I don't have a TV in every in every room in my house like like you and Joel do.
1: I don't have the game on right now, but do you want to know what they're doing right now? Sure. Well, I think I'll tell you. It's the bottom of the third inning. The Reds are up eight to nothing.
0: Holy cow!
1: So we're looking at uh, you know having won six out of seven.
0: Let's not say that now. Unless knock on wood. You better knock on some wood uh, there. I mean, we were just talking about the bullpen, and then you're
1: going to do this. <laughs> I know exactly. There's no no lead is safe with uh, with this bullpen. But uh, you know, all of a sudden, playing well, I've scored eight runs tonight, I've scored six last night, thirteen the night before. The offense is starting to hit a little better. Are we? Do we start thinking? Wait a minute, this team they're getting healthy at the right time, as you said. Joey Votto healthy, Mesuraco healthy, Matt Latos healthy, Jay Bruce returning to form somewhat. Last time we talked, we were basically wondering, "Hey, should we?" I was. Should we start the fire sale?
0: I readily admit that I was the guy. What do we think I, now? I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to climb back on the bandwagon yet. But they I, win tonight. They're at 500. I'm I'm, ha- I'm happy. I mean, they put i I'm just looking at the at the game score here, and they they put up a seven spot in the third inning, and they've only got one extra base hit tonight.
1: Am I really talking to you instead of watching this game? This is like the one game of the year I wanted to watch. Uh, when they're and, playing and like they,
0: this, and they beat up Edison Volquez, which is always a good thing.
1: <laughs> always, always. So, you know, they're still seven and a half back uh, as we speak, uh, and you know, which is not insurmountable given how much of the season's left. Man, back to five hundred, Milwaukee's going to come back to earth. I don't know. You know, I don't know what to make of this team. They they've looked as bad this year at times as they have looked since uh, some of the dark days of the mid uh, two thousands. But you look up and they might be 500 tonight. We're just the middle of June. Uh, you're not you're not giving up yet, but you're also not ready to. I'm
0: not ready to jump to on this, board either. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready to, to jump back on the bandwagon yet. But I, you know, I and you mentioned how well Vados played since we since he came back. But to me, the MVP of this team is Todd Frazier.
1: It's not even close. I
0: yeah, there isn't anybody else even close. Uh,
1: what what more could Frazier have done? He's hitting 276. He's got 16 home runs, uh, you know, 349 on base percentage, 524 slugging, 16 homers, and has just been the anchor for this offense at a time when, uh, you know, at times he's been the only guy in the offense that's really being productive.
0: And I think he's, I think, you know, and I'm looking at the same thing you are on on, uh, on Fangrass, I, I think he's a better than a 1.1 defensive war, too.
1: Well, that's hard for me to say just uh, from the eye test, um, but he, he does not, he doesn't make very many obvious mistakes over there. No. Pretty pretty sure-handed, but the guy is just what can you say about him? He's he his production, when you look at uh, production across the board, Mezzarocco and Vado have been outstanding. But Frazier's done that in, you know, 100 150 100 you know, approximately 100 more plate appearances. More
0: yeah, so yeah. so
1: uh, and been pretty much almost identically productive. Numbers very close when you look at uh, the runs created, weighted runs created, etc. So I agree, Frazier is to me, he's the MVP of the first half so far. And I'm sorry, at this point you're starting to think, well maybe last year wasn't the uh, last year. I thought we were maybe sort of seeing what closer to what Todd Frazier is really going to be. Maybe it was the year before. Maybe he, you know, he's going to have two or three years here where he's going to be not an elite offensive player, but a solidly above average. Player who plays pretty good defense as well. That can be a, a pretty I mean, valuable he's, contributor. He's,
0: he's having an all-star, all star, an all star first half.
1: He needs to be on the all star team. I mean, no we've, doubt. we've still got a few weeks, but if he's not on the all star team, that's a huge travesty in my mind. Uh, anybody else on this team should be on the all star team, besides Johnny Cueto, obviously.
0: Cueto, and I think you can make the argument for Bra- for Broxton and Chapman. I, I'm not saying they'll all get picked.
1: Well, I'm I, anti. I, I, I'm anti-relief pitchers on the uh, All-Star team. I don't
0: think any other position player than Frazier will go.
1: I think there's some chance Miserocco will go, depending on how he does the next three weeks. No he's, way. Uh, he's going to have a tough time because of the injuries.
0: Exactly. But, and that's and that's what I've been saying. I've said that all along. We've talked about this on the blog, and I've said the same thing. He's not going to go when he's, when he's missed 25 games. He, well, yeah, if, he, if he was or uh, Molina, maybe, You know, when you, when you have a rep. But when you don't have a rep, and you miss twenty five games in the first half, you're not going to the All Star
1: game. Well, you're probably right. I mean, and, and the problem he's got also is that uh, Jonathan Lucroy has been uh, pretty good.
0: He's been for, pretty lights out in Milwaukee.
1: For Milwaukee, and, and Evan Gattis surprisingly good. And so, um, and did, then you
0: he, see, did you see the video that the Brewers cut the anti or Molina video?
1: I did not see this, but you need
0: to look that up. It's pretty funny. It's, it's you know if they're pushing Lucroy. I'm immediately interested. And it's it's an anti Cardinals, anti Molina, more anti Cardinals really than Molina. It's it's pretty funny.
1: Oh, I'm all over anti Cardinals or anti Molina.
0: <laughs> I would love to have him.
1: You know, oh, well, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, We'd love him if he was a Red, but he's not, so we hate him. So we hate him. Uh, I did a little piece for uh, for Cincinnati Magazine actually this week, looking at whether Mizeuraco should be uh, in the All Star game. And you know, uh, he'll I, I I come to the conclusion that he'll have a good case. If his numbers continue to be good over the next three weeks, but it's going to be a question of how many catchers they take, and he's going to have the problem that his production has been as good as Lucroy's Luke, Luke or, or Gattis, just in fewer games, and he doesn't have the name that Molina or Buster Posey has. So he's he's going to get caught in the numbers game, depending on uh, how many they take. But but the point of the point that I try and who's going to be doing the picking? Who is going to be doing the picking? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, but the point I tried to make in my piece uh, that I wrote there was that let's not forget let's not underestimate how productive Devin Mesoraco has really been. Uh, you know, he his numbers remain. I mean, he was had that incredible crazy start, and you know, up to this point, he's still only you know what's he got? Uh, Thirty seven games he's played, but he's still third on the team uh, on the, among hitters in wins above replacement.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he's he's been pretty terrible in June.
1: He has he has been, but his numbers are still
0: yeah. But he, he's still he's still riding the wave of, the, of
1: April. Well, and, and and yes, he is, and that's going to he, he's going to continue. Those numbers are probably going to continue to come down. If they don't, I'll be very surprised. But still, we're going to look up at the end of the season, presuming he st- remains healthy the rest of the year. We're going to look up at the end of the year, and and, and his numbers are going to be above what any of us expected. Uh, kudos to Mizaraco. This is his, this is that's breakout cool. year.
0: He's one of our guys, you
1: know. He, he is. He's been very kind to Redleg Nation Radio.
0: Yes, he is, and we take full credit for all of his success. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, he, he has nothing to do with it. It's just
0: no, none of his hard work. It's just him coming on our our podcast is what it brings him all of his success. Right, but you know,
1: again, I I love to criticize Walt Jockey, our general manager, and there's plenty of ways you can criticize him, and I'll be the first to jump on that bandwagon. But hey, kudos to him for saying for realizing. Mesoraco, this is uh, it's time to let him take the reins. He's the right age. He's had his apprenticeship behind Ryan Hannigan, and we loved Ryan Hannigan. Still love Ryan Hannigan. But Absolutely. It, but it was time to let Ms. Rocco, uh take the reins, and he's been he's been good. So.
0: Yeah, we've talked a little bit about that, and, and, and it would have been I think it would have been much more difficult to, to flip flop them.
1: Oh yes, I, absolutely.
0: Rather than sending Ryan on his way and you know, he went down to Tampa Bay and signed himself a really good contract and you know, he probably never have to worry about his family the rest of his life and that's a great thing for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It worked out perfectly for everybody, yeah. I And
0: think. Diaz has been and, and Pena has been a, a a good signing for the Reds. Yeah,
1: no issues with Brian Pena, Classic uh, backup. Great
0: about the guy. He's a hard worker, he's a he's a good he seems like a good teammate. He, he's played well, filled in a little bit of first base when they needed him.
1: Funny, tw- he has a funny Twitter feed. Does he? <laughs> yes, yes, he's he's crazy. Uh, so
0: I mean, you know, uh, these are two ways that I, you know, two moves that, that I think you can't, you have to give Jockety his due on.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Much as I hate to give him credit for anything.
0: Now, that, that's going if, if this team does not make the playoffs, and I said this on the blog the other day, I said uh, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it'll be interesting to see what Mr. Castellini does after the season when when Jockety's contract is up. Because he's not, afraid, I mean, he showed when he let Baker go that he's not afraid to make a move. And
1: there's really no question, I'm not sure anybody can make the argument, that Jockety did, Jockety did anything to improve this team in the offseason. Uh, maybe you can make the argument that by letting Hannigan go and giving Mesrock with the lion's share of the at-bats, that improved the team at the catcher spot somehow.
0: I don't know how you can say that when we got Skip Schumacher.
1: <laughs> that, well, that was the big signing. I don't think that uh, Jockety did anything to improve a team that clearly at the end of last season, could not sort of stand on where they were and could not continue on the path they were on because uh, they just they were not a contender they yeah they made the one game wild card playoff last year but they were not a contender last year they were a solidly third place team and did nothing to improve and you look up right now and we're talking about oh they got a chance they're playing well they got a chance to get back to 500 but what place the end they were in fourth place when the week started they're in third place now a half game ahead of fourth so you know you're right there's going to be some serious questions that are going to need to be asked in that front office, and those questions are going to, need, going to need to be asked by Bob Castellini. Has Walt Jockety been a good steward of this organization through this time when the Reds had a window to win, and they've let that window expire? It appears, or close without. And,
0: and, and I think from everything you read, you know that you read, and not, not all we can go by is what's out, what's out there. You know, there's a the Castellini and, and Jockety have a very close relationship, did back to when they were both involved in St. Louis and it'll come down to whether he feels whether you know Casolini feels so much loyalty to Jockety that he believes that he can continue to steward this ship in the right direction or whether he feels like you know it's as apparently they felt with Baker, you know that he's taken his team as far as he can and it's time to 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 you know bring a new captain on board.
1: Well, I I guess it depends on who you hire because uh I wanted Dusty Baker gone, but I'm starting to wonder whether Brian Price is the right guy to to take that position looks like uh, meet the new boss same as the old boss but but jock jockley's gonna have to be called to answer for the fact that he and and maybe you know we don't know again what happened in the in the offseason we don't know behind closed doors what happened maybe he tried and tried and tried and there was nothing he could have done to improve this team so there's no fact that all there's no question at all that the fact is he has not improved this team so but but then again you look up and they're kind of still in the race a little bit, right?
0: I mean, they're hanging around. I mean, I think you're gonna, I think we're gonna know a lot more by the All Star break than we know right now. Because if they continue to play well till the All Star break, they're gonna move up and and they're gonna be closer. If they're still seven out or worse at the All Star break, they're in neutral and they're not going anywhere.
1: Even if they get back to 500 and they continue playing, you know, a little bit better, I'm still not sure they're they're going. I anywhere. think it depends on
0: how close they are to the top. I I don't even care what their record is. It depends, you know. Uh, how close they are to the top by the all-star break? to me i
1: want them to i want them to get there i'm just i'm not i'm sort of like you i'm not convinced yet
0: we're from missouri show me show, show me, me show they, me
1: baby they've been showing some things the last week and i'm, I'm happy free jumbo them. diaz free jumbo diaz uh, i hope they continue to play well I, my life is i'm much happier when the Reds are playing well because i waste way too much time watching this team and thinking about this team and and so it's it, my life is much uh, happier when they win nine to nothing now by the way, but uh, it, they're going to have to do it for more than a week, I guess. Bill, anything it's else up, about the major league?
0: And it's always good when they whoop up on the pirates. I mean, oh, let's let's man. be honest.
1: <laughs> Early last year, I thought, oh, this is great. You know, this is this is cute. The pirates are are competing. They're you know they're a contender in the race. And then you got to talk to some of their uh, fans and get to know some of their fans, <laughs> and you start to think, "Well, I'm not so sympathetic to this team who's lost all these years anymore." Dear Lord, they. Uh, so it's always fun to beat uh, beat Pittsburgh. I guess, uh, and for and for you on the uh, on the football side of it, uh, you love you've you've had a long history of loving when you got an opportunity to beat Pittsburgh. So. Um.
0: Well, the, I, I've been a Bengals fan since '68, so the number of teams that I hate that we you know that beat up on the Bengals is a long list. You know,
1: that's a long list. Um, anything else about this major league team that we need to talk about right now? They sort of are what they are. They're fun, more fun to watch right now, but uh, who knows who knows where they are. I'm not advocating a fire sale, but I I don't know what to make of this team. Anything else that you really want to talk about?
0: I, I think it's uh, the all, I mean, what has been the big surprise of this team this year? It's how badly the bullpen has played. The struggles on offense, and you could attribute them—you can probably attribute them as much to injuries as anything else. But I don't think anybody's really surprised that this team struggled to score runs. No, we kind of expected that early on. I think the surprise has been how badly some of the guys in the bullpen have played. You know, Hoover, who's even though he's pretty much he's pitching better now. You know, now Lucier's gone in the tank. You know, the the, the continued belief in the uh, power of a Logan Andrusic. Um, you know, sure. And then early on, you know, Bruce Broxton and Mar- you know, Sean Marshall, who's gone with the wind, I mean, you know, I, I don't think you'll see Sean Marshall again this year, if ever.
1: Yeah. I, I'm I hope I'm case. wrong. I'm afraid that's the case.
0: Uh, I mean, he, he's still got a shoulder issue that he's had since the beginning of last season.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid he's never going to be but what he was. And his at his best, he was as good as anyone in the league, and I just – I'm not sure he's ever going to get back. Yeah, to we were.
0: I mean, I, and, I knew and, I, and I knew you and I, and I assume others that are listening were, were so excited when they got him. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean he's the a legit time, elite. At the, time I didn't
0: like, at the time I didn't like the deal because I did I like. I want to. I would have traded Leak. Uh, right. But I'm a big Travis Wood fan.
1: Yeah. Well, me too. Me too. Uh, Croatia beat Cameroon four nothing today. By the way.
0: <laughs> and I had I had money on on. on
1: Cameroon. You had money on Cameroon. Wow, that says uh, more about you than really we needed to know. I guess
0: we'll be moving out to the shed tonight.
1: (laughs) Uh, You're right, though. Uh, The the bullpen struggles. Everything else has been kind of expected. We knew that if they got injured, they didn't have any depth. Uh, I didn't expect the bullpen to be this bad. And and the only thing I can say about that is free Jumbo Diaz. Free Jumbo. Bill? You wanted to talk about our guy Ben uh, Lively and, and Jesse Winker and some of the uh, these minor league guys. Let me let you go ahead and start rambling a little bit about that.
0: Well, there's been, like I said earlier, there's been a flood of promotions and and, and some guys on the blog have been calling for them. For I, I think some guys try to jump the gun a little bit. You know, they want guys promoted two weeks into the season, and and you know you got to let them earn, you know earn their, their keep at certain levels. Um, our guy Sean uh, Sean Buckley got promoted. He did. Yep, got sent to Bakersfield from Dayton. He, he got yep. regressed back to Dayton to start the season. He's still not hitting real well, but I, you know, I think they're going to push him up and see what he what he has. Uh, Ishmael Gillian, who is a guy on the forty man roster playing in Dayton, got put got promoted. And, uh, right. and I don't know really how to pronounce this young man's name. Jeff Galilich, and I think he was a he was a number one like two years ago, wasn't he?
1: I from the way you pronounce that, I have no idea who you are talking.
0: G-E-L-A-L-I-C-H. G E L A L I C H G.
1: G E L A L I C H.
0: I think I've got this. Spelled
1: out. I think that you're probably that sounds like a food product. <laughs>
0: um, but he got promoted up from Dayton to to uh, yeah
1: he yeah yeah and he and he did it pretty well at Dayton, you know uh,
0: this year uh, better um, struggled actually, last year actually I'm actually, looking I'm at not, it I mean, yeah. actually worse I, this year than last year
1: I got the on base percentage and the batting average lines uh, mixed up when I was looking at it. he's not yes, you did it.
0: <laughs> But he yeah. got pushed up. Uh, He's why, 20, I'm Not sure because probably because he was a number
1: one. Yeah, twenty-three years old uh, and, a, and a UCLA guy. You know, yeah. he, he was a college guy. So, but the,
0: but the the big group that got pushed up from 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 Bakersfield to Pensacola include our buddy Jesse Winker, who at twenty years old is uh, we had over a, a, a one OPS.
1: Jesse uh, <laughs> Jesse Winker, I, I can't wait for everyone to get a get an eye on Jesse Winker. This guy. Now of course he was in High A, Bakersfield, out there in that California league, but he's the type of guy. You know when when uh, Joey Votto was in the minors, and he had that one year where he struggled really, really poor, really badly. But the one thing people always said about Joey Votto was this guy he he, he has he knows what the strike zone is, and and that's what you can. say. I'm not saying that Jesse Winker is going to be Joey Votto. He's not going to be Joey Votto. But this is a guy from the beginning who he knows where the what the strike zone is. His on base percentages have been off the charts. He's, you know, what is he, 20 years old now. I, I, I could see an argument for him even being in the – well, double-A is probably the right right spot for him. But he's a guy that really can get on base. He, and, and, you know, he has some power, too. Had a great year. We just 53 games, but he's had a great year for Bakersfield. So, yeah, um, we're big Jesse Winker fans.
0: Yes, we are. And another guy, Kyle Waldrop, another young man, 22, in 925 OPS getting pushed up to Pensacola. Uh, Seth Mays Breen. 872 OPS. He's 23 years old, getting pushed up. Uh, Ryan Wright, another guy, 24 year old, getting pushed up. Um, and that you know, and we haven't even got to, to Ben Lively yet. But but the guy that didn't make it doesn't make any sense to me though. Is this Marquez Smith? He's 29 years old, playing you know, getting pushed up from high A to Double A.
1: Well, sounds like a prospect
0: <laughs> or something.
1: Or something.
0: Uh, you know, I'm. But, but,
1: I'm well, before you get to the guy you want to talk about. I'm not a guy that really I don't I don't follow the minor leagues as closely as, as a lot of people do. But one thing I do like to look at is when these guys get bumped up like that, keeping an eye on them, seeing how they respond to the uh, the better competition above. And so it'll be interesting to watch some of those guys. And and the guy I imagine that I interrupted you there that you wanted to talk about is Edward Bennett Lively. That's the
0: man. That guy and our and our on our Free Ben Lively campaign has worked at this point. <laughs> That's right.
1: Um Lively, of course, at Bakersfield, yeah, High A, ten and one, two point two eight ERA, and just blowing hitters away. I mean, ninety five strikeouts to sixteen walks. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. So, how's he going to do in Double A?
0: And he started the All Star game for the California League the other day. I,
1: I and twenty two years old. Twenty two years old in Double A. How's he going to do at Pensacola? Any idea, any uh, any predictions?
0: No, I never make predictions like that. I just hope he does. Oh, he won the MVP in the All Star game the other night.
1: Well, that's okay, I guess. <laughs> I, I
0: I don't know much about what the kid throws, or I mean, that's that's you know, that's not my purview. That's uh, our friends, you know, our friends at RedsMinorLeague.com. dot com. That that's there. And his name? Why did his name just run right out? Doug, my
1: Doug Gray, uh, baby. <laughs>
0: That's Doug's thing. You know, he knows these guys inside out, upside down. He knows, you know, what size shoe they wear and, you know, whether they're wearing the right color socks. But uh I know that this guy has been impressive in every you know, I don't think he's been roughed up in a game yet. I I, I can't say that for sure, but you know, the the, the, the the game logs that I've seen, you know, even when he pitches badly, a bad outing for him is giving up two runs.
1: Yeah, he's been outstanding. I know what he throws. He throws strikes.
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: There's my scouting report on Edward Bennett Lively.
0: He throws strikes.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds. He, he's a guy that, uh, if he can pitch well at uh, at uh, hold his own at Double A, he's a guy we can I think expect to start talking about. Hey, when's this guy coming to Cincinnati sometime next year?
0: 16 walks and in 79 innings. Golly.
1: <laughs> that's just with a, 95 strikeouts. Yeah, I mean he's. He's done everything you could have asked him to it, and I thought they were a little slow to to bump him up, but he just kept kept getting the job done. Any other uh, any other minor leaguers you want to talk about before we start talking about the draft? Because I've got a thing or two to say about the draft. Uh,
0: the only other guy that got bumped up that that I think is kind of interesting is Steve Steve Stelsky. He got bumped up to the AAA from Pensacola. Um, not he, he didn't hit with any power, but he gets on base. Um, whether he's ever going to you know be much of a, a, a player at the big leagues, or, you know, I don't know. But, he, you know, he's a, he seems like a good player, and, and, and I'm happy to see him get promoted.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. C- can I can I talk about the draft yet?
0: Yeah,
1: go ahead. Oh, yes. Well, you, you know, I'm sure, why I'm so excited to talk about the draft. And it's really just one guy, but I yeah, want to talk about the
0: first one. He hasn't even signed
1: yet, has he? Oh, he's going to sign. He's not going to stand me up. Um, in the first round of the draft, the Reds uh, selected Nick Howard. Nick Howard is a right-handed pitcher who currently pitches for the University of Virginia. That's a little school in Charlottesville, Virginia, that I have a particular affinity for. If you it's a
0: basketball school, isn't
1: it? It is now. It's certainly not. (laughs) It's not a football school. I'll tell you that. Um, Nick Howard, uh, of course, obviously, I'm a. If you've listened to Redleg Nation or if you read RedlegNation.com over the last uh, ten seasons, you know I'm a I'm a UVA grad and. Enthusiastic supporter of all things University of Virginia, and so I was really excited to see uh, the Reds take Nick Howard, who's been the closer for for UVA this year, but they took him this year in the first round of the uh, of the draft. Now, I don't follow the draft particularly closely, but I was this is one guy that I'd seen pitch a lot because every time uh, UVA plays, if they're on television, I, I try to watch it, and I watch I watched a lot of their games on the uh, on ESPN three on the computer because uh, they they've been ranked number one most of the year, and so they've been on a lot. Uh, and of course, I watched him a lot last year. This guy throws hard.
0: He was he, starting last year, correct?
1: Last year he was the University of Virginia's usual Sunday starter, and they you know they have a Friday through Sunday series and right. he he, yeah. he usually started the Sunday game pretty much all year. This year, they uh, decided to put him into the bullpen and uh, they moved him into the bullpen and he was able to since he was pitching shorter outings, He's, his fastball reached up to 98. He threw one 98 last night, but he stayed around 95, 96 most of the time uh, in the game they p- played last night. The University of Virginia, of course, is currently playing in the College World Series. They are 2-0 and in the College World Series. They won a, a 15-inning game last night. And Nick Howard came in pitched the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So pitched four innings and just was dominant. Allowed, allowed one base runner, I think, through those four innings. So this is a guy that throws hard. He's got great stuff is he a senior and he's a junior he's a junior so you got you, you do have to uh, question whether or not he'll sign i would be very surprised if the reds don't get this thing done um he, last year he was a, he played a lot of third base he was actually the uh, made first team all acc as a utility guy cuz he played a lot of a lot of third base got a pretty good bat um, you know i don't know how that bat will translate to to professional baseball but as a college player he was able to hit well enough to stay in the lineup but this is a guy I'm, I'm really excited. When he comes in the game, he's been a shutdown reliever for the Reds this year, for the Reds, for, for Virginia this year, and uh, and was pretty good as a, as a starting pitcher last year. And and the word has been that the Reds intend to move him back to the rotation, which I'm very happy about. I don't like the idea of taking a closer in the first round because we've discussed many times our thoughts about the value of a, of a closer. But uh, very excited. You know, over these years I've been talking, I've been – Big-time fan of Meserocco from Devin Mesuraco from day one because he's a guy that signed with UVA, although he decided to go to Cincinnati uh, when they drafted him rather than actually playing for UVA. So now I got a guy that actually played for UVA. The Reds drafted in the first round, and really looking forward to watching this guy play. He's he, he's legitimately good, and and the Reds are making a run. in The, the Reds I keep saying that UVA is making a big-time run in the College World Series. So you're going to get a chance to watch him, and if you get a chance over the next uh, week or so. Don't uh, don't uh, miss a chance to watch him because Nick Howard can pitch. This guy's good.
0: So he, he's your favorite UVA alum since Ralph Sampson.
1: <laughs> well, I don't. Let me think about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not even old enough to remember
0: Ralph Sampson.
1: Uh, well, barely, barely. But let me, I'll, I'll say this: uh, in terms of baseball, he's my favorite UVA alum since. Eppa one of the all-time great Reds pitchers. Red players, yeah. In, in Reds history, Eppa was a uh, was a UVA guy. So even I
0: don't remember play, seeing Eppa <laughs>
1: He was a little before your time, but go look Just up his stats bit. if you're not familiar with Eppa Rixey, uh, gang. Y'all need to go out there and, uh, and and take a look at his stats because UVA guy who was great. If 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 Howard can put together a career like that, uh, I'll I'll sign that legislation as well. So
0: <laughs> I, I don't go I don't go back anything before Yul Blackwell.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's about the time you started watching, right? <laughs> the Whip, Yule Blackwell.
0: So. That's right.
1: Any other thoughts that you have about the uh, about the draft? No. Who, I, who knows? I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, yes. I, as a Matter of fact, I noticed, and I now I I, I had my draft tracker up, and then I, I put it back down. Did you notice that they drafted like three guys from some the three guys from some little school and and. Texas. I did not. What was the school? Uh, where is it here? What was San Jacinto College North.
1: Oh, I thought I thought it was going to be the Adam Dunn uh, Baseball the, Academy. The, the,
0: in the twenty eighth round, the thirty first round, and the thirty second round, they took guy from that some little small from San Jacinto College North. Now that's just a, that's just lazy scouting. Come
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe they've got a scout down there they really trust. Uh, and he he went Maybe to watch that got, one team play. His car
0: starting to park a <laughs> lot or something, you know?
1: <laughs> That's the only team he scouted all year.
0: That's right. You know, he couldn't go anywhere else. He lives in a trailer behind a school. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Um, I, I had not That's noticed that, no.
0: That me when, I did, when I was working on the draft tracker was, was that they, you know, these three guys from this little itty-bitty school. Uh, they also took a guy from the College of Southern Idaho.
1: Of course, baseball powerhouse. Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I had had not noticed the top, that. But. The top of the draft was, you know, mostly college guys. Uh, you know, which is kind of a bit of a switch for the Reds. You know, they off and on.
1: Yeah, uh, but yeah. this 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 the current regime has gained my. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on these drafts because they've had a pretty good uh, success rate. Over the last uh, decade or so, and yep. so, uh, so I, I'm willing. To, I'm willing to benefit the doubt.
0: And if you want to see how the Reds drafts have been, go to our draft tracker on the on the blog, and you can kind of look at where guys are and where they were drafted, and look at the drafts and see how you know how they, how they they fleshed out. Yeah, that's I think one, it's kind of an interesting look at.
1: That's one of your babies that I think is one of the most fascinating things we have at Redleg Nation to just sort of see how the drafts have, have played out.
0: Yeah, and we've got records back to 2003, I believe.
1: Yeah, gosh. Uh, that's a long time ago, Bill. One, one more thing about UVA, if I could, and it's actually not about UVA, but last night they were playing against Texas Christian in the College World Series. That's the game that went 15 innings that I referenced a moment ago. Texas, Christians, Texas Christian, easy for me to say, Texas Christian University's pitching coach. Do you remember a guy named Kirk Sarlos? No. P- Pitched for the Reds for uh, a year, two years maybe, a, a little bit. He was with the Angels originally, but spent a little bit of time with the Reds, and they showed him last night as, as the pitching coach, coach, and I said, wait, hey, wait a minute, that guy's a former Reds. So I'm disappointed you don't remember Kirk Sarlo's and his distinguished career as a Cincinnati Red but that lasted a very short period of time before he got injured. So
0: I just pulled up the draft tracker from 2003. Do you know who the Reds' first-round pick was in 2003?
1: I have a feeling that I'm going to probably start crying when you say, but go Ryan
0: ahead.
1: I'm, who? Who is it? I'm sorry.
0: Ryan Wagner.
1: Ryan Wagner, another reliever in the first the reliever round.
0: The reliever that they, they, if I
1: remember With right,
0: to The big
1: leagues. Yeah, he got to the big leagues really quick and was pretty good immediately, and then.
0: Well, he went to he went to the to Washington and the Kearns deal.
1: Ah, uh, the famous Kearns deal. Ryan Wagner. That's a name I hadn't thought about in a while. What about 2004? Who was the first-round pick in 2004? You still have that up?
0: I can pull it up real quick. 2004, it was Homer Bailey.
1: Eh, that was a sort of a bust, but uh, what about
0: 2005? He was, he was the only guy <laughs> that did anything in, in in that draft though B.J. Szymanski was the number two pick
1: uh-huh. Craig Tatum was number three and he played in the big, big leagues yeah 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 I remember
0: Craig Tatum oh Yanish oh, was in
1: that draft Yanish uh, made it the big leagues yeah, yeah. Uh, where
0: were we at 2005 Jay Bruce he's been pretty good mm, none second bust. pick was Travis Wood eh. fourth, pick, fourth pick was Sam Lecure 13th pick was Logan Andrusik
1: listen that's a that's a superb draft
0: Twelfth pick was uh, Adam Rosales, who played in the big league.
1: Oh yeah, good, decent. Uh,
0: the eleventh was Carlos Fisher, who played in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff wow. Stevens was number six. And he played in the. He was traded to Cleveland and, on Brandon Phillips deal. Yeah, turned him
1: in the into team. BP. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: If we I mean, that's a pretty. That's not a bad draft.
1: That's a great draft, frankly. That's a really good draft.
0: So see, got to, so so see, you, that, you, that, you guys looking here. I'm 2006. Drew Stubbs, Chris Valeka. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin Turner, who's a who boy. I wish we. He's been yeah. floating around, and, and boy, I'd love to have him. I
1: would like to have Chris him right Heise. now. He's having a good year, yeah. Chris
0: Heisey.
1: So the point Josh, here is,
0: Josh Renicki. You,
1: you really need to go to uh, Renicki, who was part of the deal that uh, landed at Scott Rowland. You really need to go to Red League Nation. To check out this draft tracker. It's 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 fascinating, and it's something I'm glad you've kept up with over the years because it is. It's to me extremely interesting, and and it's a and. What it does is it, it backs up what we said a moment ago, that they've had a pretty good track record recently, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt on drafts. You,
0: you, can, go back, you can probably go back you know, six, seven, eight years, and they've had, had pretty on good drafts.
1: Yeah, yeah. So kudos to the Reds, and let's, let's only hope. I mean, we know Nick Howard is a future All-Star, but let's uh, we can only hope that I figured,
0: I figured he was a perennial All-Star and well, a future Hall of Famer. I started to say Hall of
1: Famer, and I thought, come on now, that's a little silly. <laughs> Just a future all-star. We'll just leave it at that. Because we never get silly on this program. (laughs) No, no, never, never. Um, Bill, you got anything else for us today?
0: There's only one thing left to say. What's that? Free Jumbo (laughs) Diaz.
1: Free free Jumbo Diaz. Guys, go listen to us at, uh, or go uh, subscribe to the podcast at at iTunes or via your favorite RSS uh, feed, uh, whatever your podcast catcher is. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Go to iTunes if if you like us. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Uh, and, and a rating. And uh, if you don't like us, keep your mouth shut.
0: Keep your rating to yourself.
1: Yeah, no, nobody wants to hear that nonsense. Uh, follow Bill at uh, on Twitter at Bill RedlegN. Follow me on Twitter if you wish at Dotson C. Follow uh, Redleg Nation at RedLegNation. Nation, and, uh, and and go to uh, RedLegNation.com com every day, where we uh, always something interesting going on at RedLegNation Nation, and uh, and join in the conversation. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying Free Jumbo DS.